0: Hey everyone, it's Jim Cohn. It is April, the day after my kids' spring break, actually, and it's snowing outside, and I'm not happy about it. I've been thinking a lot about spring and trying to send out any and all influential vibes to encourage the universe to bring it on, and it isn't working. Folks, episode 12 of Circle of Willis is almost here, and when it gets here, I'll be talking with Jay Van Bavel about the effect of moralizing language on political debates. How scientists use social media, and what happens when you get hit in the face with a hockey puck.
1: But for now, here's a quick preview. We analyzed Twitter data. Yeah. And it's my first ever big data project. Oh, yeah. And we were looking at whether moral language is more likely to go viral.
0: Moral um, language? What's yeah. moral language? So,
1: like, uh, we used databases that exist of different moral words. So, like, um, moral the word hate. Words.
0: Like, hate is a moral word? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's moralized. Because it's a moral
1: judgment. It's moralized. Yeah. So it's morally negative. Um, I see. Virtue would be a morally positive word. Okay. And it turns out, uh, in particular, moral emotions, if you have them in your tweets, this is a bit of advice for you, Jim. Can you get back on Twitter? (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) Every moral uh, emotional word you have... Increases uh, the probability that'll get your message will get retweeted by about twenty percent.
0: Twenty percent? Yeah, that's a bad. That's a bad thing. Don't you think that's a bad <laughs> well, thing?
1: So here's why it's bad. Um, yeah, tell, tell us why it's bad. Okay. The reason why it's bad is part of the paper is that what ends up happening is if you plot, we we have this way of inferring people's political belief system based on who they follow and who follows them, uh-huh. developed by political scientists and If you plot all the retweet networks, there's two giant clusters. And it turns out it's liberals and conservatives. And if you tweet moral language, it only gets shared within your ideological cluster.
0: So it gets retweeted a bunch within your group.
1: Yeah. So you have like an echo chamber effect, really, which is liberals. The moment you start using moral language, it only gets shared by people who are like-minded. The problem is that then that creates like group cohesion and clustering and polarization. If you don't use moral language, it's just as likely to get shared by people from the left and from
0: the right. And so, but it won't be get it won't get shared as much.
1: It won't get shared as much. Yeah, so it's a trade-off.
0: Oh, Jesus. If you want something to go viral,
1: you got to talk to your in-group. I mean, these were in fairness uh, political topics like same-sex marriage, climate change, gun control. which, so.
0: you know, these things come up on Twitter,
1: yeah. Right, occasionally. I was thinking about the replication crisis being a case where I bet if we plotted the moralized language there, you might end up with two clusters as well.
0: Yeah, we were talking about this last night. That whole <laughs> the the whole infusion of moralized language into that yeah. whole debate drives me up the wall. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, it, it means that it you does? moral language. There's research on this that came out recently that it starts. It's a it's a signal. It's a signal to you're using more language on a topic. It's a signal that you're a good group member. That you're uh, a good
0: group member.
1: But what it does is it can actually lead people with the intent of signaling they're a good group member can actually make them take more extreme stances than they actually believe in.
0: Right. So that's. <laughs> it, I mean, I don't even know if that's if we characterize that from the perspective of the group itself as a trade-off. Right? You, you know, because you're whipping up the group into yeah. uh, in groupness, groupishness. Yeah, right?
1: I, I love the word "whip." I mean, that makes it like that's what you call <laughs> yeah, the person right. for a political party who lines everybody up right. for a vote. Yeah. Right, How it's like that? they go around twisting arms and uh, bending people behind the scenes yeah. and making sure they follow Using the party line. Language. Yeah, <laughs> no doubt. Or we will uh, make sure that you don't get reelected in your district. Do you think that the risk
0: there is that by sort of whipping up? your group into in, in, getting your your in-group in line yeah. that that very process can put your group at risk for being less influential out it, in competing
1: with other groups potentially if people start to react against you because they feel like you're pushing forth a group interest yeah. or if they see you as an out group they might react against what you're saying even if it's a legitimately reasonable claim
0: okay that's all the preview you are going to get Look for episode 12 for the rest of my conversation with Jay Van Bavel, And uh, thanks to my friend Halmovius for composing and performing this little tune we've got playing right here in the background. Thanks, Halm. (music) Bye-bye.